It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Bengals fans. Whenever you're listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast, we're glad you joined us today. It is going to be Mock Draft Monday on Tuesday again, although we're recording on a Monday, so for us it's still Mock Draft Monday. And this week, after the combine, nobody's boards are updated on the Mock Draft websites yet, so we thought we would just go through the whole first round and up to the Bengals pick in the second round making adjustments as we see fit based on the combine. There will be some tricky ones. I think Jeff Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons is going to be probably the hardest one to figure out where he goes with the torn ACL. But that being said, we're, we're going to just use the team needs based on what the mock draft machine of the draft network tells us the team's needs are. And we're just going to go through it and, and, Without any favoritism in mind, all the guys we like are... When I did this myself as kind of a, a practice run-through, I actually had a really hard time finding a guy I liked for the Bengals in the second round. Yeah, because I think we're going to go with recent reports, um, any rumors, you know, and we're also going to take into account uh, the ebbs and flows that we should expect from the combine performances. So uh, there may be some recency bias, or we may go too heavy on some of the high performers from the combine but at the same time i think it's going to have an impact so it's it'll give us something a little bit different than we've had in the the previous mock draft mondays yeah so we're just going to get right into it the first team on the clock there won't be any trades there's no trade support in the mock draft machine yet and i think that would be a little bit ambitious for our podcast anyway so first on the clock is arizona are we going with the quarterback rumors joe yeah, I think we should. Uh, I think we should follow it because it there's got to be some uh, fire to that smoke, and I think Kyler Murray makes sense for them. If if Cliff Kingsbury is bringing that offense and that spread offense, yeah, I can see it, and then I can see him flipping Rosen for picks. So let's do it. Let's go with Kyler Murray number one. Kyler Murray number one. Next on the clock is San Francisco. Yeah, and they're probably looking at, uh, you know, this is probably as high as DK Metcalf would go. They really need a an offensive weapon. But at the same time, I could see them going with an edge outside linebacker type, uh, a corner, even though I don't think there's one available here. So really for them, and uh, I want to know if you agree, but I would go uh, Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen or Brian Burns could go right here. And why not Nick Bosa? I think Bosa is, would be a better fit as a 4-3 uh, defensive end, even though I do think this, a team like the 49ers would want to stand him up. But I mentioned it yesterday uh, after watching Brian Burns work out. He looks like Vaughn Miller and, and the way he was moving. And I now I, I don't think he's going to be the same type of run defender. He may need some development to be the same type of uh, you know pass rusher. But at the same time, the raw athletic ability, ability is there for him. I'll be very interested to see where Brian Burns goes. And I'm leaning toward Burns myself for this pick just because of how smooth he moved. It's unreal how well he moves for that position. I went back and I watched Vaughn Miller and, and Khalil Mack. 
just to be sure that what I was watching was rare. And he looked just like those guys, and those guys don't get out of the top five normally. So uh, I could see Burns going there. We're going to go Brian Burns here. This could very well be Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, uh, even Ed Oliver, Josh Allen, any of those guys any could of them. go at this spot. It's a really good top five, and it turns into a good top seven if all these quarterbacks go. Yeah, so we'll go Brian Burns here. Next on the clock is the New York Jets, who have listed needs at edge rusher, offensive tackle, wide receiver, interior offensive line. And, yes, they could go any one of these positions, honestly. I feel like we should just start to sandwich Quinnen Williams or Nick Bosa in there because it's hard to see them dropping out of the top three, either one of them. But the Jets have consistently invested in the defensive line when they've picked high. Mm-hmm. Whether it was uh, Muhammad, Sheldon Rankins, uh, Leonard Williams, I would say they're even though they've transitioned to different GMs and coaches, I still think they they want to go offense, help out uh, Sam uh, Darnold, and if that means DK Metcalf comes off the board now, maybe that means Fant comes off the board now, or is it a tackle? Do they go Juwan Taylor if they think he's the top tackle? I'm inclined to put Nick Bosa here just because he's a guy that a lot of people for a long time have thought first overall, the Jets have a need for an edge rusher. Nick Bosa is a consensus guy there. I'm I'm for it. I understand it. The only reason I I even went around it a little bit is because they've invested so much lately and haven't gotten the returns they thought. But. Let's go Nick Bosa. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of teams consistently spend picks on the defensive line. The Rams are another one that comes to mind that every year they're picking high, they're picking defensive linemen. So Nick Bosa's going to the Jets, and Oakland's on the clock, and this is the first place that we really talk about Devin White. I think DK Metcalf and the ghost of Al Davis, who just consistently wants to pick these freak athletes for the Raiders, even though he's gone. Quinton Williams, I mean... Hard to not pick Quinn and Williams here for me, I think, even though it's right. not explicitly a need for the Raiders. They spent two defensive tackle picks last year, um, and they were happy with their returns is the only reason why I don't think they would go Quinn and Williams. But I think he's easily the best player on the board at this point. Um, otherwise, I could see them going Josh Allen and getting someone that was very similar to Cleo Mack. Could be. You got an idea where you want to go here? Uh, the top need, according to the mock draft machine, is edge. So I think we go with with Josh Allen. I think that's a good call. Okay. All right, Josh Allen's off the board. Now we're to Tampa, whose top need is listed as offensive line, but their second top need is listed as interior defensive line. And here I think they see Quinton Williams on the board and they're running to the podium. Yes, probably, because, and you know what the worst part about it is they drafted a defensive tackle, Vita Vea, in the top 10 last year. Um, Nose tackle, run stuffing type. I mean, I can't can't believe they did that, and they're going to have to come back here now. Didn't expect Quinn and Williams to be there, but I think they they go forward with the pick and really say they've got a really good interior defensive line. Yeah, we're going to go Quinn and Williams here. Tampa fans, if you're listening to a Bengals podcast for some reason and you disagree, I would get it. Tell us why. I would understand it. Now we're on New York, and for New York, the mock draft machine says, again, offensive tackle and edge are the top two needs. I think this is assuming that Eli is sticking around, but I kind of want to go Dwayne Haskins. Oh, I think slam dunk go Dwayne Haskins here, without a doubt. Yeah, we're not going to overthink this one. We're going to say they have a quarterback on the board that they like. I think we've heard that the Giants like Haskins too, right? Yes, Haskins to New York. Jacksonville's next. They're probably kicking themselves that they didn't get one of those top two QBs. Are they taking Drew Locke here? Are they looking at a tight end or an edge rusher? Yeah, I think they need to help out their offense more than anything. I say Noah Fant at this point. You like Noah Fant? Yeah, I think if you look at their needs, it says quarterback, tight end, edge. They've invested a lot on the D-line and edge. Uh, even though they did lose uh, Dante Fowler last year, they did they release Malik Jefferson also or Malik Jackson also I believe in this uh, about him or were they going to I might be dreaming in that you ever dream something and think it's real but I thought I read that anyways I in any case they need to help out their offense whether they sign a free agent quarterback or sign some weapons I think Noah Fant slides right in and and becomes weapon number one for them have we heard anything about which quarterbacks Jacksonville liked nothing other than expect them to have Nick Foles was what came out of the combine. Okay. 
All right. So assuming we're going to assume that they've acquired Nick Foles and they're going to draft Noah Fant to try to open things up on the offensive side of the ball, take some of the pressure off Leonard Fournette, which is really the only offense I can think about in Jacksonville right now. Yeah. No. Well, they drafted a bunch of receivers the last couple of years, but they're all young and mid-round guys. And I can't think of any of them. Next up is Detroit. Uh, top needs here, edge rusher, corner, tight end. So I'm kind of between Greedy Williams, who I think tested pretty well today, he did. and Clellan Farrell. Yeah, I think that would be fair. I could also see them going linebacker. I could just because uh, I, I think we're, if we're looking at blue chip players, I think at this point Devin White will be high up there. Uh, I also believe that at this point TJ Hawkinson is – probably an option I, I think the way Hawkinson tested the way he's a the way he's a good receiver is a good run blocker it's very realistic that both of these tight ends go top 12 it could happen is that where you are instead of uh Cleland Farrell or Greedy Williams I don't know that I love Cleland Farrell but so that's why when I get there um and I don't love Greedy Williams even though he tested fast and he's long and he's got good ball skills he's unphysical at times uh in Sometimes hard in transition, giving up easy routes on the slant routes and, and any quick uh, passing game. Honestly, I think they could be a surprise picker. They surprised us last year with Frank Ragnow. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they shocked us again. Uh, what about DK Metcalf then, if we're talking about a, a surprise pick, replacing Megatron with another Megatron-type body? You know, they replaced Megatron with a Megatron body and Kenny Galladay two years ago. And that's their big outside guy. And right. they've got Mar- Marvin Jones on the other side. If anything, they're gonna they're a team to look out for for like a an Isabella in round two. All right, so we'll go Hawkinson here. I tried to fight it. I tried to keep him on the board for the Bengals at 11, but he's gone at 8 to Detroit. And next we're to Buffalo, who has needs listed at wide receiver, tackle, interior, offensive line. I think they're definitely looking offensive line at this pick. I do too. They they met with tons of tackles in yep. Indianapolis. Every single one of them. So do we think they like Jawan Taylor, Jonah Williams, or Andre I Dillard? For their offense, uh, and they typically like to be a air raid, spread it out kind of kind of offense. I, I think for them it makes more sense. Even though I would love to give them DK Metcalf right here and just put him with Josh Allen and have some real like high ceiling, low floor floor type players being your quarterback and number one receiver. I think they go tackle, and I could see Jawan Taylor being the number one tackle on the board. So we want to go Jawan Taylor over Jonah Williams after Jonah didn't have a fantastic workout at the Combine? Yeah, and Jawan may end up having a terrible workout at his pro day, and it slides back to being Jonah Williams being tackle number one, or he gets passed by Reisner or or, um, Andre Dillard, right? But I think at this point, with the information we do have, it's Jawan Taylor as tackle one. The other possibility here that I'll mention, and I think we'll go Jawan Taylor, is Cody Ford, who, despite his RAS scores not being very strong, his weight adjusted. Yeah, he's uh, 332. Yeah, his weight adjusted metrics in Jim, what's his last name? I'm blanking. Coburn. Jim Coburn, who does fantastic work. He has a Patreon. You can go check it out if you want to see all the metric stuff. That's a metric guru as far as I'm concerned on Twitter. Athletics, productivity, metrics, Jim's your guy. Uh, Cody Ford is one of those guys that hit all of the all or no, all of the Pro Bowl tackle athleticism, uh, you know, explosion, flexibility, speed. He hit all those yeah. thresholds. For and, size adjustment. Yeah, w- with the size adjustment. And Jonah Williams and Jawan Taylor did not. We'll go Jawan Taylor here. Well, Cody, Taylor did not work out, so he did not yet. I guess that's a fair point. But um, I would also say that Cody Ford did meet with the Buffalo Bills. We do know that. Who didn't Buffalo meet with for tackle, though? Why not? Well, we found out who two players the Bengals met with. I think we found out 20 players the Bills met with. Let's go, Juwan Taylor, and keep it moving. All right, now we're to Denver, who's also looking for a quarterback. Uh, They've also got listed needs at corner, tackle, interior defensive line. Ed Oliver's still on the board. They're they also the other team. They're, they're the other team that's going to take a linebacker in the top 10. Even I know they don't have it listed here, but they released Brandon Marshall. Um, it should, I, I don't know, it's listed way on the back end of their need. You're right. Uh, I think it's a much higher need than, than what this site is listing it as. I think Devin White is, could easily be the pick. I think it's 
from if we go back over over the last month and a half though, everyone said if Drew Locke's there, they like Drew Locke. But then after trading for Flacco, does that mean they don't? I don't think necessarily it does. Uh, I still think Drew Locke could end up being the pick here. I just think there is a lot of options for the Denver Broncos because they need a tackle also. And you see Jonah Williams on the board. If they like Cody Ford, whatever the case may be, um, they have a lot of options. So what do we think? If it was me, and let's say, you know, because I'm looking at their board, so it's hard for me to adjust by looking at their board and taking out what I, how I feel about Drew Locke. Um, at this, you know, I think there's a real good chance Devin White is the highest guy on their board. I think there's a real good chance they like Drew Locke as a franchise quarterback, and that's who they take. So we're between Devin White and Drew Locke. I feel like most of the time more quarterbacks go in the top 10 than we expect, right? Yep. So I think, and maybe this is because I want to mock Devin White to the Bengals right now. Maybe not, because I don't really, actually. I kind of think is Drew Locke is, is the more likely outcome. I, I want to go Drew Locke just because I you're the point of quarterbacks normally go a little bit earlier than expected and everything we've heard about the Broncos, even though I know it's too early. So when we're saying this, it could just be one scout for the Broncos that really likes Drew Locke. Uh, but at the same time, for what John Elway likes and strong arm guys that can move a little bit and are willing to be a little bit of a gunslinger, Drew Locke fits that. So Drew Locke goes to the Broncos at 10. Now the Bengals are on the clock. We'll spend a little bit of extra time on this one. We, we've talked about most of these possibilities before, and we find ourselves in a familiar scenario where it's Devin White, Ed Oliver, Jonah Williams. Now we're talking about Andre Dillard in this spot. I think we're still talking about Cody Ford a little bit in this spot, even though I probably don't prefer him. I would love to be proved wrong about that, and I know I have followers that disagree with me. There's a small chance, I think, that they see Rashawn Gary's numbers and consider him. I'm not yep. really I'm not as, really there. Not as an edge, but as an interior defensive tackle. And at that point, don't you rather want a guy that's played there? PFF Steve, Steve Palazzolo, I think, today looked at uh Ed Oliver's pass rushing productivity and he took out his nose tackle snaps, and that looked infinitely better. Yes, because you're getting doubled as a nose tackle. It's so much harder to rush when you're at the zero or one tech with the center directly in front of you. Way easier to rush when you're at five or three tech when you're in between a gap or between a a guard or tackle. And and I wouldn't expect Ed Oliver to be playing nose tackle at all in the NFL. No. You got teams asking him to test at linebacker, not to test at nose tackle. So let's think of this. Do we want Bobby Wagner or Aaron Donald? It's not an easy answer. Because I think, I and I agree. I I keep coming to the same thing that when I watch Ed Oliver, and I watch him against the run, and he's really good against the run. A three man line playing nose tackle. He played some defensive end for them also at five tech. Uh, and when you take out the reps that really he's got no chance on, there's some plays where he's getting uh, blocked by three guys at times. You just take those out. Yes, he needs better pass rush moves. He needs a better counter. He relies on the bull rush a lot. But he is super strong, too, and he, he put up a lot on the reps. He, his explosion um, tests were great. He's on the path to being an elite athlete and as an interior defensive lineman. And I still really like Ed Oliver, and I know Devin White lit it up as expected. But we shouldn't count it twice with either of those guys. They did exactly what we expected at the Combine, and they're still high on our want list. So are we going Ed Oliver again? This is where it gets hard for me. It's when we when it we take Ed Oliver here, that means in the second round we need a linebacker, which at this point you're hoping Mac Wilson is still there because Devin Bush tackle. won't be. Or you're getting a tackle, and, and at this point, you know, you're not very sure about the tackle class, and you're also just hoping one of those tackles is still there. It gets much easier if we knew what their plan was in free agency, whether that's sign a mid-level starting linebacker or a mid-level starting right tackle. And if you do that, then it opens up the draft and we can feel much less guilty about taking that Oliver. Mm -hmm. If we know they don't even sign any type of linebacker and they sign a tackle, well, then I'm probably leaning towards Devin White. To be fair, I think we're probably one of the only people on the internet that has... Ed Oliver going to the Bengals, I think. 
Yeah, maybe. Um, I think people see at Dwayne, uh, Devin White there, and they just say, well, how can they not? Because it's such yeah. a huge need, and he's a blue-chip player. But to me, I look at it like, you, right now, you're, you're four defensive linemen in nickel to pass rush. Right now, if everyone's healthy, is Carl Lawson and Carlos Dunlap on the edge, right? Geno Atkins at one defensive tackle spot. Who's the other defensive tackle right now? They're not on the roster, or they're not. They haven't developed and shown they can be that. Sam so for Hubbard. seven, right? And he was terrible inside. He was actually better on the edge, but he's going to lose that spot to Carl Lawson as a pass rusher, or Jordan so, Willis. Sure, or Jordan Willis, and they've been they haven't been good enough right. inside. Yeah. So that, that's who we're competing at. So just as big of a need as middle linebacker is, that other defensive tackle spot is as big of a need and could be more impactful. So for me, you know, when people see it, they may not be looking at it in-depthly. But for us, because we have knowledge of it, they're going to need somebody for those 70% of the snaps. That could, Ed Oliver can be out there for about 600 snaps as a rookie, just in your nickel package, shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with Geno Atkins. And tell me that doesn't sound good of that four-man front. That's how you turn a strength into the strength of your team and something that can carry you deep into the playoffs. And it's a three-tech of the future. Gino is getting up there in age as much as we hate to think about it. The tight ends are gone, so it really comes down to are we taking an offensive tackle at Oliver or Devin White? And again, we are on at Oliver. Yeah, I, I can be convinced of any of these guys, to be honest. I, if it's Devin White, I'm not mad about it, so I don't want to get that twisted. I just think if it's also at Oliver, some people will be confused why they didn't go Devin White. Uh, but I will celebrate that pick. Sure. Yeah, I, and I'm the same way. I'm, I'm happy here if it's Ed Oliver. If it's Cody Ford, I guess I'm okay with it because some people like him more as tackle than I do, and he has those thresholds that, that I didn't think about. Jonah Williams, uh, Andre Dillard, Devin White, those are all okay for me. This, though, I think would surprise some people to see the way these linebackers are falling with us running the mock. We're going to take out Oliver here, and we're going to go on to Green Bay. They fell last year, too. I mean, besides Roquan Smith, the people that thought Tremaine Edmonds could be a top-12 pick and Leighton Man- Van Der Esch could be a top-15 guy, they both tested extremely well, and they ended up going 19-20 and 20 or 18-19. and 19. Yeah. All right. I said Oliver. I'm sure there's going to be some angry Bengals fans in our mentions. There might be some well, happy ones, too. Well, because the hard part now becomes how do you fill tackle and linebacker? And really, it's it's going to be tough. And now that the Bengals have picked, we're just going to take a quick little break, finish up the first round, and then get back. We'll be back with Green Bay in just a second. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie, and when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car 
That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. All right, next up is Green Bay. We'll start moving a little bit more quickly here again. Devin they White. Devin White, no, no, no stops. No stops. I no think consideration they would... here for Farrell or... Oh, I think you'd consider it, but I think they would be very high in Devin White and would love to uh, take him. Or Gary or Sweat. Or sure. Any of the safeties I... after they ran today. I think they could be in on all those guys. All the edge guys, uh, interior, offensive line. You could take Jonah Williams and play him at guard. So you're on Devin White. Yeah, take Devin White here. The slide stops here for Devin White. He goes to Green Bay. Next up is Miami, who have listed needs at quarterback, edge rusher, and interior offensive line. I think that's Cody Ford. Yep, I would say let's skip um, quarterback for them. While I think they would very much so look at um, edge rusher or pass rusher. I think Montez Sweat fits. I think Rashawn Gary fits. And I think they can go offensive line. There's also Farrell still there who has been a consensus top 15 guy in most of the mocks we've seen. True. I mean, there is good value here. There is a lot of good. I, I'd say we roll the dice on one of these pass rushers, whatever one you feel is, uh, is, I, is I, most. I think it's Rashawn Gary followed closely by Montez Sweat just because Gary has the numbers across the board. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, you know what? If Montez Sweat tested like a freak also uh, and both had production questions, so you know, either way they're kind of getting a similar guy, but I think Gary provides more versatility when kicking inside all right next up is atlanta who all the atlanta people that i see on twitter want interior defensive linemen so they're probably not very happy that the bengals have picked ed oliver here and it's because they don't believe grady jarrett's coming back and the last report was he's franchised oh i didn't see that okay then that that happened today i think great so interior defensive line probably is less of a need then so then they have interior offensive line and edge rusher. I think they're looking probably at an edge rusher here, given the guys yep. that have fallen in Farrell and Sweat. Yep. I say we go Farrell. Yeah, let's let's go back to productivity here for a pick and say they go Farrell. Next up is Washington. They have needs of wide receiver, interior offensive line, and safety. I think this is a good place for DK Metcalf. I think also we have to consider, do, did they get a quarterback at some point? Um, is Are they the ones trading for Rosen? Uh, because if not they could go Daniel Jones at this point. I think Jones would fit what Jay Gruden does. I think he can plug and play very early. Uh, and they need a quarterback or else Jay Gruden is fired at the end of the year, I believe. And quarterbacks do go. I, I wasn't even thinking about quarterback, but you're right. And quarterbacks go earlier than expected most of the time in the modern NFL. There's no more Aaron Rodgers. Right. They don't last usually. I mean, the last time it really fell the way it did was 2011, which was coming off of a lockout shortened off season and you know weird things happened in that draft so daniel jones you think let's let's say quarterbacks are going high yeah let's say they don't get josh rosen so they're left taking a quarterback all right now carolina is probably thrilled to see montez sweat still around maybe i don't know maybe we have to stop to follow these tackles at some point yeah i think it's very possible they see because if they lose daryl williams you take jonah williams you plug him in at right tackle now maybe he plays left tackle once that spot opens up or uh cody ford even because uh, interior offensive line can be a need for them also but jonah can play guard also i think for me i would say jonah goes before uh these other guys yeah let's say jonah williams goes next okay. he can play either guard or tackle for carolina he's by many thought to be the best tackle in the draft this is yep. quite a slide i think for him but this is the way the draft goes sometimes. And that's why yep. I think this is such a fun exercise. And that's next the 16th up. pick. So we're at 17 now, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Cleveland is next. They have listed needs here at interior defensive line, corner, linebacker, wide receiver. DK Metcalf is a scary pick for me going to Cleveland. Montez Sweat on the other side from Miles Garrett could be scary if he puts it together. 
Yeah, I wish there was a better defensive tackle. Uh, you know, I think Christian Wilkins could definitely be the guy uh, for them. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Jeffrey if he was Simmons. healthy, was someone I was mm. thinking, but I think Simmons is end up in, in round two. They probably uh, want to win now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think DK Metcalf makes a lot of sense for them, even though Rashard Higgins played much better last year. They still have Jarvis Landry. They drafted Antonio Callaway. Uh yeah, I, you're pointing at Greedy Williams there. Yeah, I could see that happening too. Greedy Williams makes sense. They drafted a first round corner last year, and, and Denzel Ward had another first round corner, really shored up for this division that that's got some good receivers outside of yeah. Baltimore. If if they think that if they think that Greedy Williams is good, and a lot of people think Greedy Williams is the best corner in the draft, putting him on the other side of with Denzel Ward, this would be the first cornerback selected at round at, at pick seventeen. That's two first-round corners to go with Miles Garrett on the defensive line. They ran slow. You have to be athletic to go in the first round for a corner. It just doesn't happen. You cannot run a 4-4-5 or slower and expect to go in the first round. Yeah, I guess the linebackers are faster than the corners at this point. Yeah. So DK Metcalf, Greedy. Greedy? Yeah. Because I think Greedy Williams can be a good NFL corner. Oh, yeah. Ball skills and length and speed. Next, we have Minnesota, who has listed needs at interior offensive line, offensive yeah. tackle, linebacker. Yeah, you can stop for there. They need to go all line. Cody Ford. Cody Ford, let's do it. All right. Then we're, we're a little bit past uh, halfway in the first round at this point. Pick 19, Tennessee, edge wide receiver, interior offensive line. Montez Sweat seems like it could be a good fit here. DK Metcalf uh, actually yep. makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, even though they drafted Corey Davis, would be going now into year four, right? Or is that year three now? Year three. Uh, I think dra- drafting another high-end type speed guy that could really take the top off of defense would help not only Corey Davis, but also Marcus Mariota, and that's the goal. Uh, I say let's go DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf it is. Now we're to the Steelers. Forfeit and... the pick. Right. If, is there? Where, so the I'm just going to scroll to the bottom here. <laughs> Give um, them a quarterback who is really low. Let's see. We got Jacob Bobbenmeyer from Northern Colorado, Ooh, a long snapper. snapper. <laughs> <laughs> go back right. up. Uh, well, realistically, let's pick the guy that we would like the least to go. I Devin think. Bush, I think. Honestly, is, is it is it Bush or is it? Uh, uh, you know, I think they're going to take a corner. So who's I don't a, think there's a corner that, that tested no? well enough. I thought there was one guy. Murphy Dennett, Baker Dennett, um, Rocky Sin, I guess, is right on the borderline. Mm. David Long from Michigan, but we're talking about second-rounders probably. I was also thinking Nikhil Harry or A.J. Brown or Hakeem Butler. Sure. sure, if they want another receiver to replace Antonio Brown. They drafted James Washington last year in the third round, I want to say. I think Devin Bush is the guy. Yeah, you're probably right. Devin Bush it is to to the Steelers. This guy tested essentially the same as Devin White did and came in at essentially the same size. And some people think he has better tape than Devin White. So this is not a happy scenario for the Bengals. But And this goes right around where the two linebackers went last year that we keep talking about. Mm -hmm. So this makes sense. All right, next up is Seattle. And Seattle's going to pick somebody that I've never heard of, I think. Because uh, that's what they do? <laughs> typically. But Nasser Adderley here makes some sense to me, or a different safety. Uh, who who tested really well today? Taylor Rapp and Juan Thornhill both tested pretty well. Yeah, I think that's a little early, uh, yeah. in my opinion, but... I do like that you're saying they could go in a different direction. I just think uh, they also tend to go with best player available at times. I think Christian Wilkins would provide some interior pass rush for them, even though they've got guys ahead of them right now in a, in, a, in another year. It would be uh, something that pays off. Actually, I think. How about Montez Sweat? They love athletic pass rushers. They do. And I was as I was talking, I was slowly getting there. And uh, we should end the fall for Montez Sweat. I think I this think is. So. I think this is good for Sweat. Even though he tested really well, it is really hard to cram all these guys that did test well. We talked about this on yesterday's podcast. We felt like there's 15-plus guys that everyone's saying are top 10 picks. Well, here we are at 21, and there's a couple of those guys still remaining. So we'll go Montez Sweat to Seattle. Next up is Baltimore needs uh, wide receiver, interior offensive line, safety wide receiver. I could definitely see a wide receiver being the pick here. Uh Garrett Bradbury could also be a pick for yep. me. 
I kind of like Nikhil Harry or Hakeem Butler, one of those big wide receivers. I think that would help out a lot. I think A.J. Brown also because he's more of a slot guy, and I like A.J. Brown next probably uh, in this type of offense that's going to run a lot of uh, zone read stuff. I think A.J. Brown will get a lot of targets. So let's go A.J. Brown to Baltimore, not overthinking too hard. They have a dire need at wide receiver and have pretty much forever. Yes. I think. They've been terrible at at evaluating wide receiver. But Ozzie Newsome, guys, he's the best. Next up is the Houston Texans, who have listed needs at tackle, interior, offensive line, and corner. They get Dwayne Brown 2.0 and Andre Dillard. Yeah, I think think they definitely go tackle here, and I was just going to say I think that it will be Dillard. Next up is Oakland with their second out of three picks in the first round. They still have needs at corner, wide receiver, safety linebacker. Ja'Kai Polite, I think, is out of the first round, but he is the last edge rusher there if they wanted to double dip. Jeffrey Simmons could be a pick for them, seeing as they have three first-round picks. They're one of the teams that could afford to potentially wait. I say we go uh, Nikhil Harry, I think, would fit a lot for what they want to do. And I also think Josh... Jacobs at running back uh, should be kept an eye on. Also, they need a uh, lead back. I think Gruden likes to run the football, and if it's not with this pick, it's the next one for the Raiders. And was he hurt? Why didn't he? Why wasn't he at the combine or test? Uh, that I am not sure of. I don't know why he didn't. But a lot of Alabama players will often wait for Alabama Pro Day. There you go. So what do you, what do we think here? I say go receiver and then come back because we took an edge with the first pick. I say we take with Josh Allen. Let's say let's go receiver now and then come back and get uh, Jacobs if he's still there. Right, Nikhil Harry, it is. Okay, Nikhil Harry. Next up is the Eagles with needs at interior defensive line, safety, running back, offensive tackle. I think what defensive tackle is the pick. It's let's Christian go Wilkins. Christian Wilkins. Yeah, makes perfect sense for them. They're they didn't pick up uh, Timmy Jernigan's option. They just extended Fletcher Cox for another year. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to go with Jernigan. Next I mean, up, I'm sorry, Wilkins. Next up, yeah. Next up is the Colts interior defensive line, wide receiver, safety, corner, edge. Could be a receiver. I'd to, yeah, I'd love to give them a receiver, uh, especially someone with some size. Uh, just thinking of that playoff game versus the the Colts. I mean, versus the Chiefs, and they really struggled to get guys open for Andrew Luck. So Hakeem Butler, JJ Arcega, Whiteside are two guys that could be in play here. Yeah, I don't like what's remaining. I think it might be a little bit of a reach. I would say tight end, but we we took those guys much early that, earlier than expected. Uh, what's the edge look like right now? Kai Polite. Yeah, uh, I could see it happening. Could it be Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons? Would they be willing to wait a year for Jeffrey Simmons? Or maybe yeah. some people think that Jeffrey Simmons might be able to play later in 2019. Sure. They... It, they're saying need at safety too, but with Malik Cooker, that would be a strong safety type, and I don't think that's what Nasir Adderley does. Even though Adderley can come down and cover in in the box, uh, so he would be interesting there. Where do you want to go? What about what about Byron Murphy falling? He's a guy that people liked earlier. I've seen him a lot in the in the twenties in mock drafts as well. They do have corner as a need. Yeah, I think it's fine. Even though he didn't test as well as he, as he should have, uh, I think this is reasonable. This is this always happens to me with the Colts. They're they're just I, I just am never I don't know. Uh, like last year, they go Quentin Nelson and then come back and take the linebacker that wins rookie of the year. And why do I always want to say Dorian O'Daniel? But that was the other linebacker from South Carolina. Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. Yes. You know there was somebody that had a um that had a web just as similar uh, to Darius Leonard. And I can't remember who it was now, but we'll probably see it in the second round. Linebackers. Byron Murphy, it is a faller. Byron Murphy. Next up is Oakland again. Who did we say they were going to come back and take? Josh Jacobs, Josh running back. Jacobs. So sure. now you've taken a receiver, you've taken an edge rusher, so you replaced Amari Cooper and uh, Khalil Mack in their minds, and then you get a running back to round out your offense. Next up is San Diego, who's listed with needs at tackle and interior defensive line and linebacker. I'm thinking they're looking at tackle. I think they're looking at a drop-off after Dalton Reisner, and they probably want Dalton Reisner here if they need a tackle. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. I wouldn't want Reisner to fall anymore. Honestly, if I was the Bengals and he's still there at 28, I'd be trying to move up in the first round. If the, if we went at Ed Oliver or Devin White first, uh, move up and try and get Reisner. Now the Chiefs are on the clock. They pretty much need every position on defense. Yes, very true. I think Mac Wilson makes sense. I think uh, we could give him a corner here. I think Nasir Adderley makes sense at safety. I like Nasir Adderley here. Okay. Delaware. That's got to be the highest. Uh, nope, never mind. Joe Flacco went higher. Did he? Yeah, 17 or 18, whatever it was. I thought he was in the 20s for some reason. Either way, it's got to be higher than 29. Green Bay is next with their second That's pick right. of the first round. Earlier, they picked Devin White just That's after right. the Bengals. Uh, a lot of Packers fans really want a tight end. They could end the slide of Ja'Kai Polite, potentially, depending on how their meeting went. Deontay Thompson, they say they need a safety. Where where are we where are we going here? I'm not sure. Honestly, as I'm looking at this, they're in an advantageous situation where they could probably take a Jeffrey Simmons in the fall and let him sit for a year. Uh at the same time, geez, you know, I there's a lot of guys I think that could fit him here. If whether they want to go interior offensive line with Chris Lindstrom or a Garrett Bradbury, I think Garrett Bradbury is going to go in this area. I, they just don't need a center, so it makes it a little bit more difficult to try and peg him in there. Is Lindstrom still thought of very highly? That I don't know of. He's a good pass blocker. He's an athlete. We know that, but uh, just not the type of run blocker normally Green Bay leans on. I think. You know, their top need here on the mock draft machine says safety. Deontay Thompson is probably the top safety on the board. There's an argument for Chauncey Garner-Johnson as well, depending on who you believe. So we'll go Deontay Thompson here. Get to pick 31. That's the Rams. The Rams are listed with needs at edge, corner, linebacker, safety. I could see Mac Wilson going here. Sure. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's say Mac Wilson. And now the Bengals are out of second-round linebacker choices. They're probably out of second-round tackle choices. So it's looking grim. And this is this is what happened when I went through this on my own, is when you start to pick the guys that you think should go in these top 32 picks, linebacker and tackle really thins out. Next is the Patriots. Fortunately for us, the as fans of teams that aren't the Patriots in the NFL, the t- top two tight ends are gone. They're listed with needs at edge interior defensive line and wide receiver. And I could really see this being Jeffrey Simmons. Yes, right. They, they're they the team that would take a you know a year to let Simmons get back on his horse and you know help this team out. But I could also see them going wide receiver. I could see them going tight end. It just may be a little bit early. Jerry Tillery could be Notre Dame. Yep. I was also thinking maybe Charles Amenehu, who would replace Trey Flowers as a end on their three-man line and could kick inside in their nickel package and rush from inside. Could be. Could be. Who you want to go with? I'll let you go. I'll let you pick this one. I think, so the only reason I wouldn't take Jeffrey Simmons here is because Tom Brady could retire at any point and, and maybe they want somebody who's going to be able to play. But also the Patriots will be drafting, thinking that they're going to go back to the playoffs and maybe the medical report on Simmons is that he will be able to get back for late in the year. Maybe that's too optimistic. No, I think it makes sense. But Jeffrey Simmons will go to New England, and then we'll be back on the clock with Arizona at the top of the second round after we take a quick break. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me, switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. 
and so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It is Mock Draft Monday. We're going through an entire first 42 picks on the Mock Draft machine on the draftnetwork.com. And we are starting off the second round with the 33rd pick in the Arizona Cardinals, who we gave Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma to them. So somewhere along the lines, they're probably going to acquire another pick for Josh Rosen in this scenario. But we're taking quarterback off the board here, and we're looking at their needs. They list their needs as offensive tackle, interior defensive line, interior offensive line, and edge. Really, the Cardinals could use a lot of things. What are you thinking, Jake? I'm thinking the top-rated interior lineman on the board, one of Garrett Bradbury or Chris Lindstrom. Yep, and I also uh, could see Garrett Bradbury going there. You know, the only other center in the NFL as a rookie that played all year was uh, Mason Cole for the Cardinals, so maybe Mm -hmm. they don't go center, but I don't think it was the plan to play him at being a fourth-rounder, I believe he was. Mm -hmm. So they could see uh, Bradbury as an upgrade, and – uh, Mason Cole played tackle and guard at Michigan, so he's versatile. Some versatility there. Let's go Garrett Bradbury here. Okay. Next is the Colts back on the clock. They have needs of interior defensive line, wide receiver, safety still. This could be a place where you see Chauncey Gardner-Johnson go. He is, again, somebody that a lot of people think of as a first-round safety. Uh, looking was- at it- Ja'Kai Polite, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. could still use an edge. Charles what about Amenahue? receiver? I, I would think that the top receivers left are Hakeem Butler and Arcega Whiteside. Who do you like next? Debo Samuel. And I think he could be a slot guy for them, kind of in the Anquan Bolden mold. Uh, would make a lot of sense. Another short guy to play wide receiver in Indianapolis. They haven't shied away from it in the past. They haven't. But with the speed of T.Y. Hilton and then putting Debo inside, who's a run-after-the-catch, big, strong guy. I think that makes a lot of sense for them. So you like Debo Samuel here? I do. I, th- right. I think you add some toughness to that offense. So Debo Samuel goes to the Colts at 34. The Raiders are back on the clock with their fourth pick in the top 35. We've addressed four of their needs. They still need corner safety linebacker. The linebackers that you would like are probably gone unless some of these guys have made meteoric, meteoric rises. Yep. So I think corner, at, right, it makes corner. a lot of sense here. DeAndre Baker? Yep, I think DeAndre Baker could see his fall stop here. Even, you know, he tested really poorly, so he's going to have to have a much better pro day to get himself back in this range. Did Did anybody test really well that you think came up at corner? Were they all? Justin kind of... Lane did, right? Yeah. And he tes- he's 5'11", 196, but he tested like a – an elite athlete, and he's not hot. He's not far from this. Was so it Justin Mich- Lane? I'm sorry. I'm th- could I, am I thinking of a different Michigan? That's Michigan State. I, I'm off here. Um, David Long is the guy who tested really well. Mm. Lane was Lane was okay, but it was Long is much further down on this list. The other possibility and, would be Chauncey Garner Johnson, a name I keep bringing up at safety. I was going to say Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network has Rakia Sin as his number two corner available. And Yasin did all right today. So I think there's a chance that maybe the Raiders feel the same way. Sure, I could be. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah and Mike Mayock worked together for a long time. Yeah. All right. I'm good with that being a rumor that I'll fall with. Rock Yasin. San Francisco's next. They also need a corner and a safety. I'm ready to end Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's fall. I think a wide receiver is a big need for them also. And Hakeem Butler being there. Add some size for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and a lot of people were thinking they might like that kind of big size athlete in the first round. So Hakeem Butler here makes a lot of sense to me. Hakeem Butler to San Francisco at 36. Next up is New York. Offensive tackle, edge, corner, interior lineman. This could be where you see... Ja'Kai Polite. Lindstrom, Ja'Kai Polite. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nope. 
we give him quarterback first, but yes, I do think Chris Lindstrom makes a lot of sense. Also, they need they have some needs, and um, obviously, getting a guard and Lindstrom would help not only your quarterback that you just drafted, but you invested a very high pick and turned Saquon Barkley into an instant star and highest mm-hmm. paid running back in the league. Mm-hmm. So uh, you may want to, you know, protect those investments. You've talked me into Chris Lindstrom. Let's do it. Jacksonville's next quarterback, edge, wide receiver. I think Daniel Jones could go here. Nope, we already picked him. We did Daniel Jones already, yeah. So they are left with their keisters in the breeze. Yeah, no quarterbacks for Jack. But no, that was because we assumed Nick Foles is starting this year in Jacksonville. It does, if you're starting Nick Foles, you still need a quarterback. Yeah, but whatever. Right, they can wait another year. <laughs> is what is what that affords them to do. They didn't yeah. have to rush a pick when you know when in the first round. So, so Jakai Polite could go here. Another edge rusher this falling. It could be a speedy wide receiver. Uh, Paris Campbell tested very very well. Yeah, I'm they with went. all of those options there. I think uh, also edge is a good time for Jakai Polite. Yeah. Let's say Ja'Kai Polite here. They've never been afraid of, of those type of guys. Yeah, Ja'Kai Polite, who originally was thought of as a top 15 pick, finally gets picked at 38 in the second round to Jacksonville. Next is Tampa, who needs a tackle, a corner, and edge. This could be Greg Little. Sure. I think also corners and and make a lot of sense for for them. Uh, while they do need a tackle, who we give them first round? No, yeah, they, they got Quinn and Williams, so they've really doubled up on, on – defensive tackle back-to-back there. They could use an, an athlete of some sort instead of they, uh, what they've invested in the trenches. What do the cornerbacks look like? DeAndre Baker and his fall here? Sure, yeah. All right, let's go DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker to Tampa at 39. Next is Buffalo at 40. We want tackle last time? What's that? We want tackle last time for them, right? We did. They so, took Jawan Taylor in the first. What they need a wide receiver it is an issue. They need weapons. Andy Isabella, Arcega Whiteside, Paris Jeez. Campbell. Yeah, they're much uh this board's looking much weaker than I expected at this point for them. Is there anybody here that you really like? Andy Isabella is a guy that I think have... I hate it with Josh Allen though. Yeah, that's a fair point. He's going to throw outside of his catch radius constantly. Then it's, it's Arcega Whiteside, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could see it. He ran faster than expected, right? My, or am I thinking of someone else? He, he tested pretty well, I think. Yeah, it kind of feels like we're reaching a little bit here, but the Bills haven't been afraid to do that. Well, it could be Irv Smith. Sure, it could be Irv Smith, and he kind of fits in what Charles Clay was doing for them. You know Buffalo much better than I do. Yeah, and I just feel like because they, you know, you could go back to interior offensive line also, but, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's somebody worthy of of the pick. Uh, last year they drafted Harrison Phillips at defensive tackle, but I think Jerry Tillery next to him could make a lot of sense. I was going to say Jerry Tillery to replace uh, Kyle Williams could make some sense. Uh, yeah. So I'm kind of like Tillery. I like Tillery. Fine. Uh, they're, they're looking at wide receiver and they're like, well, damn, this didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Maybe they really like somebody here and they sure. take a wide receiver, but we don't. So Jerry Tillery is the best value that still kind of hits a need for him. Okay, let's do it. Denver's next corner, offensive tackle, interior defensive line, Greg Little, Yannick adjust. Yep, I could Dexter see all Lawrence. those happening for tackle. I could also write Dexter Lawrence, I guess, if they need a nose tackle, but... Who needs a nose tackle in today's NFL? Well, it's the second uh, round, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. And we gave him quarterback first. Amenahue. Sure. I think Amenahue makes sense also, even though. Is there a linebacker? What's the linebacker board look like anyways? We got the Bengals coming up with the next pick, so it's probably something we should be aware of. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's yucky. But yeah. Let's go to tackle then, and let's say they take they like Yanni Kajus. Where are Yanni? There you are. Yanni Kajus goes to forty-one to Denver. Now the Bengals are on the clock, and like I said a few times when when I did this myself and I picked the players that I liked at spots where I thought it made sense, we got to forty-two, and it was kind of grim, and it's kind of grim. 
Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's still there. We've talked about him a lot. I don't think the Bengals are using their second-round pick on a safety unless they really nope. love him. Uh, looking at interior, we, we took an interior defensive lineman. Ed Linebacker, Joe Giles-Harris tested poorly. The guys that tested well, we see, we still need to go back and look at. But Ben Burke-Hervin tested really well. Drew Tranquil tested really well. Jermaine Pratt tested really well. Didn't Gary Johnson also test pretty well? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of these guys have tested well. Or probably third-rounders. Probably still third-rounders. I agree with that. At tackle, it's Greg Little, and he tested That's really it. poorly. Yeah, and, and he looked out of shape and out of sorts. And I still the, think there's higher upside with Greg Little. Yeah, but are you picking him here? I mean, maybe. It's not the worst thing if you pick him in round two, but can they afford to miss on another tackle right now? If I mean, he's I guess, a right tackle... I guess there's not really a choice either. Like if they miss here, maybe it's Max Sharping in round three. Or four, right? Based on where he's projected at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you miss here, you're looking at Chuma Adoga. Maybe you get Titus Howard. Maybe it's Max Sharping. And I'm not sure any of those those guys are, are plug-and-play starters. No. So for the Bengals' needs, the way that this particular mock has gone, we've made it really hard on ourselves. The linebackers that you like are gone. The tackles that we like are gone. We could look into your offensive line. Second round, they also like to go BPA. Like, they'll address a need with the first one, and then they'll go BPA, right? Who did, I mean, at, until we heard they liked the safety, no one was thinking safety last year in the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that could mean corner. That could mean tight end, obviously, we should be looking at. But, uh, you know, is there Smith high on their board? Do they just say, you know what? Screw testing. He looks at he looks athletic. He looks like a great receiver, and he can block. He's a natural receiver. He does have that going for him. And then it's going to be someone like David Edwards out of Wisconsin, who kind of is like uh, Rob Havenstein of the Rams. And they took him, and they knew he'd be a plug-and-play starter. Havenstein ended up being a, a better player than that, and it's going to be a surprise player like that. That really, when you watch him, you're not going to be impressed. You're just going to say, yeah, he could probably start in the NFL. It could be. They could just look at the board and think, this guy, we need somebody who can start right now. And so it could be David Edwards. Yeah, and we haven't talked about him much. This is where I'm at in my in my draft preparation, where this is the group. I will take a picture of this, and I will just start watching these these this group of players because mm-hmm. uh, it gets to the point where I don't feel very comfortable with a lot of them, and it's because I don't have concrete evaluations on half the names I'm looking at here. So for me, I liked Greg Little originally when I watched him. I thought he had issues to overcome in terms of there were just times he looked like he was out of shape or maybe lazy. Uh, And then when he shows up to the combine and that's exactly what he looks like, that is scary. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he was very effective. This isn't like Cedric Abwehi where he had bad college tape. Greg Little actually had really good college tape. There were just some issues that I thought there's other things going on there. Yeah. But so did everyone at Mississippi. If you go watch Ole Miss, how many guys are going to be drafted in the top two rounds for them? Uh, They've got three receivers. They've got a a quarterback that's going to be drafted. And then you've got Greg Little, and none of them lived up to expectations. What was the coaching going on in Ole Miss? It's a a fair question to ask. It's hard. I I, I think it's kind of Greg Little. That was my first thought. They've got both Wisconsin tackles ranked higher and Michael Dieter, who I didn't think stood out at all to me. I, I kind of liked Edwards a little bit more. Uh, but And Edwards is a junior, which usually is a good sign when those guys come out. It means the um, draft advisory board gave him a high enough grade to come out, which means yeah. they think he's probably going to go top 50 or so. And he also he was a 240-pound 240, 240 tight end when he got yeah. to school. According yeah. to the draft network here, we're looking at the scouting report, which is a nice feature for those of you that want to go check out the mock draft machine. So he's gained some weight, has some technical stuff that he probably still needs to pick up. Here's how he tested at the combine, by the way. He ran the 40 in a 428. Um, he had 33 and 38 inch arms, so almost 33 and a half, just under that that 33 and a half threshold that you normally like. Uh, uh, his, his broad jump, vertical, everything was under the 50 percentile except hmm. for the three cone. What was the shuttle? Four seven seven. So it was it was it's a little too high. A little too high over that um, that four five zero mark is what you're looking for. Right. Which none of these guys passed the four five zero except for 
Andre Dillard. So, you what know, about, what about four seven two? That's another threshold that I've seen thrown around. Right, that can mean you can be a baseline starter. And if you look at that, um, that you know, obviously he was above that. But we can look at Michael Dieter real quick. And Dieter's was, which he tested much better and, and everything else, but his shuttle was even worse at seven eight eight. Mm. And I'm put pulling up Greg Little's right now. Oh, I know that's going to be bad, but let's at least hear it. Okay, just so we can, you know, have a, have a good feeling about Greg Little or not. It was four seven four, so it's actually the best of these three that's guys. He close. he also had the best broad jump of ninety three percentile, um, and his his forty wasn't it was around those guys with five three three. But he's got thirty five and a quarter inch arms, ten and a quarter hands, eighty five inch wingspan. And he's six five three ten. So he's he's got the body type. Some yeah. of his uh, some of his comparables are Juwan Taylor, Eugene Monroe, which Two guys that were starters, yep. Cam Robinson, who went in the second round around this spot last year out of Alabama, or two years ago out of Alabama, who was a um, plug-and-play, basically, starter for the Jaguars. I think that it's Greg Little. I think that the Bengals might look at Greg Little and think, we can get this guy into shape. We've done it before with Andre Smith, you know, yeah, to, to a much greater degree with Andre Smith, and they see that Greg Little can go in there and be adequate. He was productive if you look at PFF. His tape is fine. You just wish he tested a little bit better. And, and maybe he will. And maybe he's right. just out of shape, which, again, doesn't speak great to his ethic, his work ethic or whatever, but maybe that's right. just who he is, too. Maybe that's he, just how he tests. Here I am bashing Ole Miss that they weren't getting everything out of their guys, but their Ole Miss guys showed up and, and tested really well, too. Yeah. Besides All right, let's go, let's go, Greg Little. Let's address tackle. And we'll come away with these top two picks with Greg Little and Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, what grade, are you, what grade are you giving us for two picks? Well, I Ed Oliver. He's one of my three elite guys that I would love to to take at that spot. Um, so I would give that an A plus if you can come away with them for saving face and kind of getting a tackle or linebacker that I still feel is a starter in the second round. I would give them good grades, even though I wish it was a better prospect. Although I do like Greg Little, I think, um, you know, obviously he didn't test as well to make him a complete good prospect. I'd probably say overall it's a B-plus start to this draft in the first two rounds. Yeah. Well, there you have it, Bengals fans. That is one way that the draft could play out. If, if the Bengals choose to go BPA and it's Ed Oliver in the first round, it gets a little dicey potentially with the way these linebackers, these high-end linebackers tested and the relative shallowness of the position. Like I said, I'm feeling okay. I'm looking at linebacker in the third round. I'm looking at one of those guys we talked about, Ben Burkirvan, Tavon Coney. Uh, name some other names, Joe. All of them. Jermaine Pratt. Yep. Drew Tranquil. Yep. There's a couple guys we have written down that we have to go watch that tested f- fantastically. Yep. Uh, you can come back and look at interior offensive line in the third round and Elton Jenkins. Yep. Uh, tight end, maybe Dawson Knox is still there. Maybe Dax Raymond, one of these developmental kind of guys. And that's the other thing, too. I, I'm glad you mentioned Elton Jenkins because I think if you get into that scenario that where we're at, I like Elton Jenkins way more. Like, I, maybe you don't get a right tackle. Maybe it is a guard. Maybe you'd say, okay, fine, either he's a right guard or a center, and we figure out where Billy Price moves to, a right guard or center. And we say, fine, from left tackle to right guard, we feel really good. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know right tackle is still an issue, but at, at least four out of the five we have a good plan with. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be completely – say that was Elton Jenkins, I'd probably even feel better about that than taking Greg Little. But I was also thinking if we do go Devin White at 11 in this scenario, we still probably come back and take Greg Little. So either way, it's not a great scenario. But, I mean, if it's Devin White instead of Ed Oliver, you probably still feel fine about it. You might, and a lot of Bengals fans, I think, would feel better about it because a lot of Bengals fans want to see linebacker dressed. I had a conversation today on Twitter with Coach Matt Minich, and he said, "Take a take a linebacker in the first, and go back and get Jermaine Pratt in the fourth. Give me Devin sure. White and Jermaine Pratt, right?" And so that is, I think, speaking for a pretty large amount of Bengals fans that want to see two new starting linebackers from this draft class. Point being, it may be hard to fill right tackle and linebacker rounds mm-hmm. one and two. Yep. And it, it seems we're dropping off to the point of you're not getting an instant starter at either of those spots. 
unless, you know, obviously we have guys we're interested in in third, fourth round, you may just have to take them. You, you get to the point where you're like, you know, screw what everyone else thinks. You really like Ben Burkirvan. I guess you're taking him at 42. But point being, on the surface, from the outside, as we sit today, early March, it may be really hard to get back-to-back starters at tackle mm-hmm. and linebacker. Yeah, and, and looking at the best players remaining on the board now after the Bengals have picked, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, Eric McCoy. Smith, Eric McCoy, who's probably not on the Bengals' board because of his relationship with the offensive line coach in Cincinnati. Elton Jenkins, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Who else is here? Like, It's not like there's a bunch of guys we're passing on, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. David Edwards, the other tackle from Wisconsin that we talked about, Charles Amenahue, some running backs that the Bengals probably aren't interested in. Taylor Rapp, a safety that a lot of people really like, including Pro Football Focus. Isaac Nauta, he's the biggest dropper. Look at I, I see him here. He's 65 on on um, on this board. He might be at 165 after the combine. Yeah, he did not run well. Joe Gonzalez also didn't run well. So yep. you know, looking at the guys that are left, it's not like there's anybody that I'm thinking. Oh, I wish we also had the next pick, 43. No, it's, you know, it's kind of like ah. If this is the way it goes, that could be kind of rough at 42. And there will be guys that teams like more than Joe and I like them. Charles and who might go earlier than this. Marquise Brown, probably not because of what he weighed in at, but maybe. Irv Smith might go earlier. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson might go earlier. Juan Thornhill is a guy that I think might go earlier. Daryl Henderson tested really, really well out of Memphis if somebody decides they want a running back. Yep. I just think, you know, obviously there's going to be some surprise picks and it's going to push a few guys down. It does every year. I mean, there's going to be guys that we think are going to go in the first round that are still there in the third, fourth, and fifth. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every year there's a guy I have in my top 50 that's going to drop. So come draft day, we'll we'll feel better about these picks. I think so. And we'll know a lot more too. Right now all we have is combine. Like Joe said, there's some guys we have to go back and look at some more. And guys that didn't work out also. So there's still a good chunk of players that we didn't get athletic profiles on. Yeah. So still quite a lot more to learn about the draft. Uh, some some tape we need to watch again. Still pretty early in the process. We are, what, a, a month and a half away? Yeah, plus free agency. One week away from that, that's going to shake this all up. Yeah, so, man, I'm excited for free agency, huh? Those episodes are going to be fun. I I sense a little bit of sarcasm because I feel like the Bengals will still be in hibernation until March 25th. But, but what about, what about the free agents, Joe? They're the Cincinnati Bengals. Unless they start throwing cash at these guys, they're not going to attract any of them. So what you're telling me is that the Mike Brown family doesn't have enough money to put into escrow to sign free agents. I question it, or I question if they set aside enough money to do this. Well, I, for one, am shocked. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think you are. That'll probably do it for us here. Joe, do you have any closing remarks? Um, Rest in peace, Luke Perry. Yeah. Rest in peace, Luke Perry. (laughs) That's a fair one. Well, we hope you enjoyed this Mock Draft Monday. I'm sure you're going to be yelling and screaming about some of the selections we made for various teams. I hope that if you're not a Bengals fan, uh, you don't hate us too much. Tomorrow we'll be back. The Combine will be over. We'll be back on schedule. We'll see you then, Bengals fans. Have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wildcard exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.